0: Just that God's been blessing you. Matthew 6:33. But seek first the words of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. And Christian gave the introductory message about whatever's happening in our life and whatever we're thinking about and praying for and believing for, God knows all about it. He knows about the birds of the year, he knows about the lilies of the field. And if we'll make the priority of seeking first the king of the kingdom, that's what it means not some sort of blob coming down like a satellite from, from the sky, but the king that sits over our lives. If we'll make him first in our lives, then the promise is that all these other things will be added to us. They'll take care. It really does work. And so that's the whole thought of the God first principle. And we've had different speakers from our church weaving in some principles of God first. Christian took us to uh, reminding that uh, it's God first in giving. Paul God first in connecting, Uh, God first in serving. For me, Josh brought us a word about God first in engaging. And then last week, we talked about the power of gathering, God first in gathering. There's something that God does here that he doesn't do anywhere else. There's something that God does here when we come together that he doesn't do in the shower tomorrow morning as you're getting for work. As good as it is to sing the praises of the Lord, and you sense it this morning, the power of the gathering. And uh, we reminded ourselves that we want to respond to that regularly, enthusiastically, and expectantly. And God will do great things. So this last but one message on God first, Christian concluding next week, is God first in partnering. And I want to to read two verses from the New Testament to you, just to help you with that. First of all, Luke chapter 5 and verse 7. Luke chapter 5 and verse 7, which is part of a great story so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I'll come back to it in a moment. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 23, the words of the Apostle Paul. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. He is my partner and co-worker among you. So the truth of partnering It's a close bedfellow to gathering, Uh, but it drives deeper and it flows wider. You see, with respect and not undermining anything that I sought to say last week, it's more than just gathering. There is something that God wants to draw out of our lives that will go beyond that. And we see there in the New Testament that a key word in it is partnering. Let me go back to Luke 5 for a moment. Some of you will know the story well. But Jesus, the brilliant communicator, was teaching on the on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, teaching the word of God to the people from a boat. And so the pulpit can be all sorts of contraptions. And he said to Simon, one of his followers, I tell you what, will you just let down the, nat, uh, the nets and go for a catch of fish? Now, verse 5 says that Peter retorts by saying, We've... Toiled all night, or we 've worked all night, or we 've laboured all night, and we 've caught nothing. there was a sense of deflation and disappointment in the language of Peter, and I think also that he was tempted not only to be disappointed but also disobedient, in other words, going round in his head was jesus, if you 'll stick to wood that'll be fantastic, you know, but we 're the fishermen we 're the professionals. We know that the best time to fish is in the dead of night. We've done that. We're shattered. We're listening attentively to your word. Now you've told us to go fishing again. And quite frankly, we don't feel like it. But in the New International Version, there's seven words there. B-B-Y-S-S-I-W. Because, but because you say so, I will. But because you say so, i will you see sometimes we think the journey of faith is that we're floating around two far off the ground there's nothing going to get in the way we've sort of bound and beaten every force of darkness and it's easy no that's not faith faith sometimes friends in response to god our initial reaction is i don't think so Lord," because that's what peter did But the reality is that we know that we've received a word from God. But because you say so, I will. And the obedience to the Lord then brought an operation of faith. And the Bible says they got this amazing catch. I don't know if you remember we did the big series some time ago, but we talked in one week about a big catch. And God's looking for churches that will believe for a big catch. You say to me, Phil, well, every church is believing for that. Actually, it's the minority of churches, sadly, that are believing for a big catch. Because people are saying, well, are we going to cope with all these people that are coming? Friends, they're not coming. So you're coping really, really well. And are we going to disciple all these people? And so it goes on and on. You know, it strikes me in the New Testament that 120 people had no problems becoming 3,120 overnight. And it was okay. Because by the time we got to chapter 6, Dr. Luke, forensic in his approach to things, has stopped counting. And Bible commentators tell us that he was 20,000 plus by that stage. Let's not keep pushing back on the big catch. So I want to tell you, friends, somewhere it's coming. Somewhere it's coming. Somewhere in this nation, the big catch is coming. And God's looking for churches that won't push back on it, but will absorb it. Because when we partner, anything's possible. Anything's possible. And so the verse that Chris put up for us says that when they realized that there was an overwhelming supply coming their way, they called to their partners, says, please help us. And God wants to build something amongst us, friends, that is so amazing that we can call on each other to help and absorb all that God wants to do. Let's not be frightened of going to 500, 750, 1,000. Thinking, well, where are they all going to park? God will sort it out. He'll sort it out, friends, when people partner. When people partner. God said, I can trust those people with a big catch. He's coming their way. We need cities in our nation, friends, with 10,000 in the church that make the local MP sit up and ask, what do you think about this city? We need market towns where people say, well, you know, a couple of hundreds going good to have a thousands When we partner. And then 2 Corinthians 8.23, Paul's apostolic ministry was always rooted in teens. He never sort of said, I'm the bee's knees. He never says, I'm better than everybody else. He never says it's capital A apostle with me, because it isn't. You can't find it in the Bible. Much to the protestations of people today, it's always small a. It's a function. It's a gift. It comes from God. It's not an echelon. It's not something that makes us better than anybody else. He didn't describe Titus as his number two. I have a lot of his number two language. Can't find it anywhere in the Bible. He wasn't his executive associates. Oh, that's even posher. He wasn't his lackey. He says he is my partner and co-worker. We just do this together. He's got a different ministry to me, but you know what? I need him. He needs me. We work together. And God causes the kingdom to grow. He says of a policy in 1 Corinthians 3, one plants another waters. God gives the increase. And the verse goes on to say, so neither of us are anything. Well, that's death. No wonder there was life. We've got so many people going around today, friends, sadly, that think there's something. And God's able to lift up and God's able to push down. It was only a few weeks ago, I'll make no comment regarding the person, that there was a person, friends, on the other side of the pond that had a church of 13,000 people, but didn't work in team. And this coming January, literally weeks after he stepped down, the church is being dissolved. No people. Because when we take glory to ourselves and say it's about us, and when we, when, we, when we go to places where our character can't keep us, we better watch out. It's about partnering. It's about partnering. So what does this word mean? Well, in the original language of the New Testament, the word is koinonus, which has a close relation to Acts 2, fellowship, koinia. And it simply means to be in fellowship or to have commonality. Commonality. You may be in church for the first time this morning thinking, God grief, what makes these people tick? You know, what's it all? We have a commonality of faith. We'd like you to come on the journey with us. We think it's better to be together than apart. So many people isolated in this country, and we want to do this together. See, it's not just gathering. It's having a common course, And I want to say, friends, today to everybody that counts Arena Church as their church, it's not Christian's church. It's not my church. It's our church. It's our church. If we get something wrong, then we all want to champion getting it right. And if we get something right, we want to celebrate it. There's no them and us. There's no the clergy and the lady There's no titles. It's just that we operate together. Of course, we've got different gifts. And as I said last week, you need to be thankful that God has set shepherds in the church that care and protect for the flock. That's how church works. And if you want us to roll over at times and pretend that nothing matters, we're not going to do it. So there's times when we have those conversations and situations that we have to work through. Not because it's our church, but because it's our church. Seeking to progress the kingdom of God. God wants you to believe in this. You to support this. You to engage in this. You to commit to this. And back to 633, you to prioritize this. And if you'll do it, I'll do it. And if i do it, Julie will do it. And if Julie will do it, Alan will do it. And it begins to work in an amazing way. One preacher says, we need a church where the people share the vision and the values And the heart of the church with a kingdom spirit. They share a common commitment to see God's kingdom come and be extended. Why do some churches not work? Because there's all this. They're spending years doing it. But when we get partnership working, my, the kingdom advances. The kingdom advances because the kingdom's being sought. Seek first the kingdom over arena church and all these other things are added as well now the partnership principle has been outlined in this document you don't want me to go through it this morning but i'm going to seek to make this document live if you've got one i want you this week to go home and read it if you've not got one you can get one from the resource table because there's a response slip at the back and uh, i want to just give you a little bit of a flavor of Where this sits in the life of Arena Church. Because the partnership document brings a focus to why we're here. To go and grow and to love and serve our community. It also speaks about a heartbeat. You may say, what makes Arena Church tick? Well, it's there in the booklet. And then there's some common planks of commonality that go through the document, community, hope, passion, impossible, discipleship, generosity. I'll refer to one of those later. We've had people come to our church and say, I love your church, but we're going somewhere else. You're too passionate. Well, what do you want us to do with that? Do you want us to turn it into something where you think church is like? You haven't been for 20 years because you think it's boring, dull, and lifeless, you voted with your feet, now you're coming somewhere else and you want us to be like that. We're not doing it. We are unashamedly passionate. Not weird, not freaky, not allowing things to go out of balance, but passionate about the cause of God's kingdom in the earth. And to see this M1 corridor changed for the glory of God, that's what we're here for. There's numbers of things I get passionate about, but nothing like this. When we're 1 1 yesterday morning in that pouring rain, and I was out in it, and Liam scored, I was passionate. When we're 1 down with 10 minutes left, thinking another defeat, and we'd all given up hope yesterday, and in the 94th minute, we scored a 2 1 win, I'm passionate. But nothing like this. Nothing like this. And we've gone on a journey. And Psalm 84 verse 5 says, blessed are those that have set their hearts on pilgrimage journey because they will be blessed. And let me give you very briefly three simple little thoughts about seeking God first, in partnering, in commonality. Number one, in Arena Church, commonality comes from a purpose, a past. There's been an expression of a Pentecostal, spirit-filled witness in this town for many decades. And we honour the past. And when we went on the journey of sowing into the life of the church the principle, we were very, very careful to honour the past. We did research about pastors that had laid into this church, heroes like Miss Hyde. We don't forget the, 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 the price of pioneering a church and Christians' journey now of church planting. It's not easy. Somebody came, there wasn't a church, and then there was one. We think of people like Peter Dewar, Dennis Davis, Don Bates, Eric Hobson, many more that have sown into this church, honoring the past. But we can't live there. We can't live there. And some of those pastors, leaders, elders, workers, volunteers, are now with the Lord, receiving their eternal reward. And so on the journey of Christian and me, fairly early on, we looked again at the whole sense of redefining our church. It's a good thing to do. And lots of churches don't do it. That's why 70% of all the churches that are planted in the earth don't survive 100 years. Because they don't go through seasons of repurposing, of renewal, of redefinition. That prefix re speaks about again, a new, a fresh, another. And in 2007 uh, seven, stroke 2008 we did that. We pulled a, a team together. We spent hours and hours talking about the church of the future. We did what Habakkuk told us in the Old Testament and we wrote down the revelation. We articulated it. And we sought not only to articulate it, but to implement it. And it carried a journey. We found that not everybody was committed or united on that journey. And they found their expression of faith in other contexts. And sometimes that was costly and painful. But it's still in progress. Someone says that every... Growing, empowering, advancing church discovers its dis- destiny and its reason for existence. And we found it anew. We knew that why we turned up every Sunday morning. They've, they've got a great way of coming around every seven days. And if you're not ready, he starts to go away from you. People say, Well, what are they about? They we're boring this morning. Preacher had nothing to say. Churches church is like that all over the place. But the commonality you need to know came from a purpose. If you're on a journey new to Arena Church, you need to know we know why we're here. We know the reason for our existence. We've defined it. We continue to determine it. And we want to press into it. Secondly, commonality lives in a purpose, present. You see, we all like to read books and stories of God moving in the earth. And please don't be tempted to read the last chapter when revival comes. Because sometimes you need to read the previous chapters and see the cost of why we got the last chapter. An arena church is not only living in a past, even a redefined past, it's living in a current reality of its commitment to partnering. You see, it's very easy for us to talk about other churches and we do so. We receive resource from other churches. We celebrate other churches, both in our nation and in other nations. What a fantastic experience that must have been in Orlando Baptist Church, with thousands being there. But we can miss sometimes what God's doing in us. So in those planks of partnering that I gave to you earlier, let me give you one example, impossible. Here's some of the wording that you'll find in the partnership document arena church will not live comfortably we will live for the impossible it always seems impossible until it's done it's our passion to live by faith and to keep pressing ahead into the unknown we believe in team so through a team of impossibility thinkers we are believing for extraordinary success the big catch Believing for a church, Building a church that believes and prays for turnarounds, breakthroughs, and miracles. Believing that God wants to multiply and increase our capacity to serve and to bless and to influence and to pioneer far beyond our human capabilities. Living with courage, boldness, and faith in the whatever and the wherever of life. Seeing communities transform locally, nationally, and internationally, listen, by partnering with others. It's impossible that we should have a 7,000 square foot community hub just a quarter of a mile down the road from here that over the last few years has blessed 1,400 people and given out 8,500 food parcels when it all started with a pesky food pallet, uh, pallet at the front of the church, which if you went within five meters of was a hazard warning because the splinters were spoken out of it. We put a few bags of Tesco shopping on that pallet, but we believe God together. And God has done amazing things where we live. It's impossible that we should have had Lehman Street Mansfields. Utterly impossible for 171,000 pounds we've got one of the most iconic buildings in the town my friends from London says is there one before that no guys get in the real world it's called the Midlands come on (sighs) it's impossible that we should have national tv ringing Lisa's office Panorama, BBC, saying, Can we come and talk to you about what you're doing in the community? We have never rang anybody. Christian's on, been on Radio Derby now so many times that everybody knows him on the staff. It's all impossible. So thank God for what he's doing around the world, friends, but he's doing it right on our doorstep. And many of you have been partnering contributors to the impossible. Something has come about, which I was talking with Mike about last week. He spoke to me about the power of synergy where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That as I put in weekly news, starts to become supernatural. One puts a thousand to flight, two, two thousand, no, ten thousand. When we synergize together, anything's possible. And thirdly, Commonality to a purpose, future. Not a past, just, not even a present, thank God for it, but a future. Here's the question that frightens many local churches. It's this, what is your future? And they look into the future and can't really see one. The average age of the gathering A paucity of gift. Shallow commitment. Not sure if we're going to be here in 10 years. I want to tell you, friends, I'm so proud of these young people that are emerging in our church. That sit in a multi-generational congregation. If I can say it carefully, we've got a future. We've got a future. We can look into that question, friends, with confidence and hope and expectation that God's going to do something amazing. We believe in friends for a different outcome. The future is bright, not because it's orange, but because it's bathed in koinonos. All things common. Final verse, Philippians one five. Paul says to the Philippian church, I always pray with joy. Huh. You pray for everybody with joy. He says, when I think of you guys, I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership, your commonality in the gospel. You get to the end of Philippians, friends, it's the only time in the New Testament where it takes trouble to thank people. And it's the only time that we hear of people specifically responding to Paul's needs. Whilst he was in prison in Rome, the Philippian church made sure that things were taken to him. Because you didn't get three square meals a day then, when you're in prison. And he thanked them, and then he went on to say, that my God shall supply all your needs, according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He said, if we'll put first the kingdom, He'll take care of everything else. Can I just close by saying that, friends, this morning it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus. So what's that about? Well, it it really is straightforward. It's recognizing that God loves us. He's got a purpose for our lives. And it's recognizing that wrong has separated us from God. That actually inside we're dead. We try to fill it with all sorts of stuff. But inside we're dead. And we come to a place of saying, God, we we love you. We, 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 We realize that you're speaking to us. Speaking to your heart. And that, Lord, I've got a purpose in you. You heard Christian earlier as he prayed, reminding people that your name is on his lips. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. In a moment, Christian's going to lead us in prayer. There'll be an opportunity to respond to the beginning of that relationship with Jesus, that connection with God that only he can bring about by his Spirit. And for those of us that love the Lord today, we've got people that have been in this church 30, 40 years. We've got others that have got saved and gone on the journey. We've got other people that God's spoken to their hearts and they said, this is my house. I want to be part of a fellowship, a community that's got a future. Bring in your contributions. As we've heard this morning, it may not be preaching, it may not be leading worship, it may not be any public platform. But unsung heroes all across the congregation that have a commonality of faith that sits easy with each other and God does something that's impossible. On the back of the partnership document before the response, it's a quote from former President Franklin, Theodore rather, Roosevelt. It was over 100 years ago in a speech that he made in Paris. I'd like to read it again. He said, it's not the critic who counts, nor the man who points out how strong men stumbled. Credit belongs to the man who really was in the arena. You see, he was a prophetic about this church. It was amazing. His face marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who wears to come short and short again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. It is the man who actually strives to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasm And great devotion who spends himself on a worthy course. Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement. And who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls. Who know neither victory nor defeat. The final challenge of the partnership booklet is count me in you may have signed it but i want to just draw a response from your heart again this morning that says phil arena church i'm in this i'm in this coin on us i want it to be all over me and to flow out from me because together we can always do it let's show our appreciation shall we to phil what an excellent word